when you first start your membership, it feels really good. You're excited. You're like, you have heart eyes, heart emoji eyes for your membership. But I want you to think about what costs are you putting into your membership on a month to month basis. Hey everyone, welcome. This is Sandra DeFreitas, the host of Membership Launches and Communities. So I had a question come in and it was, how do I sustain my membership for the long haul? How do I sustain my membership over time? And I've got a few categories that have kind of broken this down into. And let's start with the very first one. I mean, costs. So when we first set up our membership, we are excited. And we might be, we want to give it our all. We want to make sure it's something that people want to sign up for. We're, we're just throwing, you know, not throwing, but we, there's content that we want to put in. There's guests that we want to have come in, et cetera. And I just want to let you know that you have to consider the costs. So when you first start your membership, it feels really good. You're excited. You're like, you have heart eyes, heart emoji eyes for your membership. But I want you to think about what costs are you putting into your membership on a month to month basis? Because if you can't sustain your membership, let's say you don't launch for six months and naturally there will be some drop off. Will your costs be covered? Will you regret these costs later? So costs that I'm thinking of are like, maybe you're paying for an extra coach to come into your program. Maybe you're paying guest speakers. Maybe you're paying for a higher level of tech than you need. And that could be a number of tools. So start with the basics, start low, bring your people in bring your member like increase like launch your membership and have people come in and then you can add some costs here and there sometimes when things costs have like an expense to them like let's say a coach or even guest speakers i might say that i won't do them every single month but that there'll be bonuses so bonuses allow me to give them to my members my members every other month, once a quarter, twice a year. You know, really, there is no rule to that. It's a bonus. So if I have guest speakers that I'm paying to come into my membership, I can bring them in whenever I feel like it, as opposed to me trying to bring in a new paid coach, a new paid guest every single month, either finding them or just paying them every single month. Now, for some some of you, you might be bringing in coaches that are at a great rate that you can sustain for the long run. Or maybe you can say to them, look, I know I'm going to be booking you every single month for, you know, at least a year, maybe even more than that. You know, is there a rate that you could give me based on this? Um, And I don't want to undervalue anyone's value whatsoever, but just looking at your own costs and looking what I've seen with people, this can really be problematic in that, Again, you start your membership, you have these hurt eye emoji eyes for it. And then you see that these costs are coming in and they're eating away at your profits. I would much rather you launch a membership and then reinvest some of the money that you've made to bring in people as you're ready for it or to bring in people as bonuses that you can delight your members with. Okay, so the number one is cost, whether it's people or tech or any other kind of tools. If you're sending something out physically in the mail, 
I mean, we've seen it for the last few years where shipping something has become more and more expensive. So we want to be sure that we aren't shipping things on a monthly basis or we aren't promising something to be shipped and then what if one month it becomes so super duper expensive and you've got 10 or hundreds of new things to ship. So just consider the costs. I'd rather you start out vanilla and add the sprinkles and the hot chocolate fudge later. Okay, next thing is going to be about content. I want you to plan your content ahead of time as much as possible. So planning your content ahead of time allows you to think about when you need to have content done and what content you're going to be creating. I like to, I'm very much a processor, so I will think about the content that I want to create for my membership and I don't create it right away. I actually sleep on it and think about it because I'll have great ideas as my day goes on or as I'm planning things or they say that running water boosts creativity. So as I'm washing dishes, things will just creatively come up for me. And so I plan, I maybe put a, create a spreadsheet and I'm planning what my content will be. Sometimes it's in my paper journal. It depends on my mood, but I'm planning what my content is going to be for the months to come. Then your next thing is looking at your calendar. When are you going to be super busy? Are you flying somewhere either for conferences or for your, um, for vacation where you won't be able to create the content, you know, a week, two, three weeks before, or where, you know, you're going to come back from your vacation and you're going to be tired and you're not going to have the energy or creativity to create that content. So start planning that ahead and create little due dates for you based on when this content needs to be created. And then what I like to do is I actually like to bulk create content. So for my membership, I like to sit there and just spend either a solid hour creating as much content as possible or setting aside a whole day and creating content. Now, I just did this just now. I literally just stopped this. But what I was doing before I started recording this podcast is I have a map of two months that I'm, you know, planning a new launch of a new membership. And I put in what I call themes for the day. So the theme for the day might be create content for the membership. Another theme for the day could be create content for the launches. Another theme for the day could be just plan out and organize my thoughts for content. Another one could be you know, interview people so I know what kind of content they do want or interview people to ensure that what I'm creating in a membership is what they want. Um, I've had other ones, like when I created this podcast, I actually put aside full days to create the podcast. And when I was doing, when I was creating my structured and styled membership course, I also had specific days put aside to create that course. And then within that, I might say, okay, this is module one day, this is module two day. And that kind of overseeing in my calendar of what I had to do really made it really noticeable for me when I actually, when I had the time and where I could not waste time. Where like, if I didn't get this done on this specific day, it was gonna tighten everything else up. 
or I just wouldn't meet my deadline whatsoever. So plan your content ahead, make a list of what content you have to create, when you have to, when it's going to be delivered, and what is your own internal due date for it. Then create these bulk creation content days like I'm doing. So create, set aside days in your month and bulk create this content. The key to creating this content and making this day very successful is to know what content you're creating before you walk into your office that day. So the day before, or even a couple of days before, write down all the pieces of content that you're going to create, list them out. A, this is going to, especially if you write it out with your hand, there's a lot of studies done that memory and creativity is boosted when you write it manually than if you type it into your computer. So if you write it manually, your brain will pick it up and you'll start thinking about it more and more. And that's when your creativity will come about. That's where more ideas will come out for you while you're creating this content, okay? So we talked about costs. We talked about planning ahead. We talked about creating your content. Now let's talk about launches because really to sustain your membership, you're gonna need members. And there's natural drop-off in any kind of membership where you'll lose you know, 5% or so each month. Some memberships are more, some are less. If you look at a membership like Netflix, they are probably not losing many people at all, but they did, you know, they had their launch periods, right? They had to get to a point where they are now. Netflix didn't start off as successful as they are today. So you have to think about when are your launches going to be? And I would really suggest, I don't follow this. Okay. So here's what, here's what I suggest if you're new. And here's what I suggest if you're not new, like it's, you've had your membership for a while, or it's not your first membership, or you've had an online business for a while. Um, to do a big launch every quarter. What do I mean by big launch? It could be a challenge launch. It could be a three-day event where you're, you're going live for an hour and you're teaching on Zoom or on Facebook Live. It could be that you're doing a couple of webinars. Any of those things where you're having a big audience to come in, to listen to you, you give value, and then you're offering your membership after that. That would be every quarter. If you can't do every quarter, and this also goes into the other level, like if maybe you've got other things that you're launching as well, try every uh, two or three quarters a year. So for me, I, you know, my son is home in the summer. I love the summer. I will work so hard in the winter just so I can have more time off in the summer. I'm totally okay with that. I love being outside, but I don't like being outside in the winter. <laughs> so I will do what I got to do to take more time off in the summer. And what I have to do is I have to plan way ahead of time. And I have to organize things ahead of time. So if I'm going to be planning my year of launches, I need to do a launch in the first quarter, January, February, or March and a launch, another launch, April, May, or June. Now, July, August, and September are, well, July and August, typically, other than, you know, 2020, we're not, I'm not willing to launch during that time. I want to be outside. I don't typically launch in September. I've tried that before. And what happened when I launched in September is that I had to work more in August because I had a launch coming up. So that leaves me with, 
that, you know, third quarter, I don't have any big launches. So I will launch again, October, November, December. Now, here's one thing. July and August and September, I might do a smaller launch. I might sell something that I've got, maybe like put it on sale. Maybe I'll do, create something even before, you know, before the end of June and have it ready to sell for July and August, just to bring in some, like boost in some more revenue to come in, et cetera. Now, when you've got a membership, maybe you don't even need to do that because you've got your recurring revenue coming in. Maybe you want to do that because you want to pay for your, all the things that you're doing in the summer or any vacations that you're taking, et cetera. Okay. So launches for an evergreen funnel need to be part of your plan every year. And I would look at every quarter. Okay. If you want to skip a quarter like I do, great. Just have a plan for, you know, something to boost some revenue in that time. So sell something you already got or that you can create before you take that time off in that quarter. Okay. And the last thing to sustain your membership is to have fun. I know it sounds weird, but sometimes we need permission to have fun. And I'm the kind of person where I love to have fun. Like my, my son <laughs> tells me that I'm a really fun mom and I love to have fun. I love to giggle. I love to laugh. I like to do things outside. I like to whatever, like all kinds of things. I just like to have fun. But when it came to my business, that went out the window and I wasn't having fun and I wasn't being fun. I wasn't even being fun. When I started to add fun into my memberships, that's when they sustained for the long haul. That's when they became more fun. So like every year in one of my memberships, we have an implementation challenge. It's, it's a full month and it's like the game show side of me comes out. We have three activities that they have to do each week. They get points. They then redeem. So at the end we do, we spin a wheel. And so for every point that you got, you got a point on, you got a spot on the wheel. We spin it around and they win a prize. And I love that. It's just fun for me. The whole month is so engaging and seeing people's wins. Like, it's like, you know, they go through this implementation challenge and really have so much fun because they're doing things that they ought to be doing in their business anyways, but they're being rewarded for it with fun, with collaboration, with some fun competition and with prizes. And that's just lights me up. So you have to think about for you and your business and your membership, what would be something fun that you could bring in? And sometimes it could be just you can have a guest speaker that could come in and teach on something that has nothing to do with your membership. I don't know why I just had this idea, but wouldn't it be fun to have someone like come in and teach everyone how to do balloon animals? Okay. I know that you did not expect me to say that. You did not expect me to say that, but if you did that or have someone come in and teach art or have someone come in and teach a dance class, because our memberships may not have those fun, artsy, creative components, but maybe that's what your members need. Maybe that's what you need. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you're not in our group yet, go to engagegroups.com slash group. And come and join the fun in our Facebook group. I will chat with you soon. Bye.